Glad you're here. It's Heike Yates and you can find me on social media at Heike Yates and on Facebook you can find me at Heike Yates Pursue Your Spark. I know times are tough and one day seems to be rolling into the next day and everything sort of becomes the same. The same routine. You cook the same meal. You eat breakfast at the same time. You take the same route to go to the store. But what if, if there was a way to bring back adventure and a little bit of excitement back into your day every day? Find out how in today's episode. Before we dive in, please consider leaving a review on the Apple Podcast. It's simple and quick and would help the show to be found by more women so we're in this together and we know that we're not alone. I'll appreciate it. Thank you. And now on to adventures. Hi there. You're listening to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host and fitness warrior, Heike Yates. And on this show, we empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength with sound fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies. Our guests on the show share their honest stories so that you'll have the courage to take action, knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. Welcome, everybody. Today's guest is Stacy Newman Weldon, who's earned her stripes, wants you to learn how an adventurous attitude can shift your fears and change your life perspective from it's hard to it's fun. And she's also the creator of Adventure Wednesdays. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Hey, how are you? I'm doing awesome. I just had a really awesome workout today. And uh, before this interview, and that reminded me that I heard a rumor that you're a hula hooper. <laughs> well, I would not call myself a professional hula hooper, but I do love it. I bought myself a present um, just about a year ago of a hula hoop uh, that can travel. Um, I have a, a, a friend, Jerry, who I think was on one of your shows. Not um, yet, but she oh. probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yes, she she's she's so much fun. Um, and I actually had her do a guest blog for me on Adventure Wednesday. So I bought one of her her travel hoops so um, I could take it with me wherever I went on the road. And I love it. I have travel. I have um, stood on top of a hotel bed and hula hooped. I have hula hooped on top of a mountain. Uh, I have hula hooped at Burning Man, and now I just kind of do it in my living room playing loud music. <laughs> now the hula hoop travels. How does it, is it different than the regular hula? It comes apart in um, different feet, like you know, sh um, in equal sections. So uh, they're about maybe a foot and a half long, and then they'll click together and become a really very solid, um, wonderful hula hoop. Oh, that's and awesome. You can travel. It doesn't take up a lot of space and you don't have to hold like a big hula in your hand. No. Yeah. It, that's the, the big thing because I, I downsized and moved across country. Um, I couldn't have things that were taking up a lot of space. Yeah. So which ties into, please introduce yourself to my audience and let us know where you grew up to from where you moved from where you just moved to where you are now. Oh, okay. Well, um, after I went to college and grew up in, in New England, and then after college, I moved down to New York, uh, where I was um, married and had children, and then separated uh, from my husband. And I worked in Manhattan um, uh, in the ad me media ad sales industry for uh, quite a long time, um, and it was there. Um, that I, I actually came up with my concept for Adventure Wednesdays. Ah, already um, back, in, back in New York already. It was, yeah, it was actually about, I think at this point, uh, 11 years ago, if I remember. I, I had hit a rock bottom 
you know, it was after, after my husband and I separated and then I started dating somebody else that was like an even worse relationship. Mm-hmm. And then as that was petering off, I met an even worse relationship. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it was, it was a relationship rock bottom and I knew that it was me. I mean, what was I doing to attract all these rotten, you know, personalities that just, just were emotionally exhausting. So, um, I got into the process of, of basically recovery and along the way I, um, got advice actually from a spiritual channeler. She told me to take myself out on adventures. And of course I kind of freaked out at that time because, you know, two young children, a mortgage, full-time job. I'm like, I can't just up and leave everything and backpack Nepal. So, you know, a lot of people, when they hear adventure, that's what they think of is the extreme kind of taking risks, you know, the Richard Branson flying a balloon across the ocean. And wouldn't it be nice, but oh well, that's really scary (laughs) though. It is one way to have a a new look on life, but not what most of us can do. (laughs) So I actually had to go back and she said, no, no, you can, you know, take adventures, just try and find, it was like finding a new way to look at life. And at that point, it was a time when I realized um, I didn't know what I found fun. I was such a people pleaser that I always went along with what everybody else wanted to do. You know, the, the old question, like, what do you want to do? No, what do you want to do? You know, so I would just go along and have fun doing what other people did. I had no clue what I really wanted to do. So that's what my Adventure Wednesday started off to be, was to find out what I enjoyed doing. And my, when I finally made the decision to do it, my first adventure was just leaving my office from a different door and taking a different route home and letting the cross lights sort of dictate which street I crossed. And on the way back to, from my office to Grand Central in Manhattan, um, I found a new restaurant that I thought was really cute. So then I decided I would take myself out the next week to that one. And that, you know, that adventure, I was like, okay, I'm determined. I'm going to make a new friend at this restaurant. I'm going to put myself out there. And when I took myself to, to dinner that night, that, you know, the following week, I failed miserably. The only person I talked to was the bartender. And what I realized was that that's part of the adventure is being okay with failure because that's another way to learn. And so I just kept trying to, it's like, okay, so what I learned was going out to bars by myself is not what I find fun. So then I was like, okay, check off, you know, take that off the list. What do I find fun? So then I just started looking around and each Wednesday I was determined to find something and I kept finding different things to do. Um, and oftentimes they were a lot of fun. So how like, that, How did that make you feel when you first went out and said, okay, I'm going out the different door and I'm just going to keep walking a different direction? Um, it was actually pretty awareness building. Um, it, you know, I, I mean, going out a different door is not hugely courageous. You know, it's not like what I eventually did do years later of, you know, trapeze classes or jumping off a bridge or jumping out of an airplane, mm-hmm. you know, my first step out the other side of the door. But since I did it with intention, um, I started looking up and seeing things differently, like looking up at the buildings and saying, oh, I never noticed the great architecture on this one before. Oh, I never noticed this store before. And then like, oh, I never noticed this cute little restaurant. I've never been down that street. So it was, it was more like an awakening of my curiosity, Mm -hmm. which seemed to probably have been in a sense dormant um, or maybe even stuck for so long that I had sort of lost who I was. And it was, you know, it was the courage to take that first small step um, that ended up being so rewarding. Did that, that that awareness, how else did that translate into your life with your kids and and your work? um, It was, well, like any, you know, transformational journey, it was, it took more than just that one step to change my life completely. Um, it, 
and that's how I that's how I keep looking at things. It's like one adventure builds upon another. Mm-hmm. So as you do one thing, you get the courage to try something else, and then you get the courage to try something else. And I also would um, I you know on Thursdays I would usually post what I did on Wednesdays. Oh, cool! And it turned out that you know people loved following what they called a serial. You know they're like, oh, this is the most entertaining serial ever. And I found out it was inspiring other people. But that was over a span of time. Um, the way it impacts my children now, I know that they, they admire how I keep pushing myself into my discomfort to learn new things. Uh, so it encourages them to do the same thing. And, and actually, my, my younger son likes to remind me that, and he actually did help flip my mind. Um, we were driving to a Boy Scout event years ago, and this is actually before GPS, okay. um, or, or the new days of GPS. And I got so lost going from, you know, just out north of New York City to somewhere in New Jersey. And I'm sorry, but I'll never like the, the highways of New, Jer- New Jersey. They will always confuse me. Uh, <laughs> Very true. But, but so we ended up like somewhere in Amish country. Oh. instead of being closer to Philadelphia, you know? And we're driving along, and I'm starting to panic and get really nervous and all this stuff. And my son just turns to me and he goes, Mom, we're not lost. We're on an adventure. <laughs> and, I, and, and that just, like, completely flips. It's like, yes, we're exactly that. We're on an adventure. <laughs> so that's sort of become one of my, my other little catchphrases is, I'm not lost. I'm not making a mistake. I'm just on an adventure learning new things, you know? Yeah. Um, so you started your adventure while you were still in Manhattan working and raising your kids. And then mm-hmm. what happened? Um, well, I did reach a point where, you know, I really found what I find fun. And for me, what I've discovered is I love to learn new things. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept doing that. And then I started feeling like, okay, I'm ready to try getting in a relationship. And so I, sort of opened myself up to the universe saying, okay, I'm going to find somebody while I'm out having fun. And I did. And so I now, um, we're almost at our seven years and we call each other adventure partners as mm-hmm. opposed to boyfriend, girlfriend, because we're not, you know, we're too old for boys and girls, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and all the other phrases just don't seem right. So we're adventure partners. And, um, he had more of an, and he was the one that that actually bought my um, bought me the URL of Adventure Wednesdays and encouraged me to start blogging about my stories and that's like one adventure builds upon another. I started writing the stories never considering I was a writer. Um, you know, my business is always sales. I wrote sales letters, not personal stories, and. Something that also switched something. I finally felt like heard, even though people were reading my stories, I just felt heard. And it just encouraged me to do it more. And I said, oh, maybe I can make this into a business. And I don't always have to be in a high stress world of advertising sales. Mm -hmm. And as I was growing my online business and trying to, you know, doing the whole messiness of, you know, not knowing how to run my own business because I've worked for others forever. Um, I switched jobs, you know, knowing I was sort of it for me personally, I knew that I was like on the cusp of wanting to to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So I switched jobs and I went to, um, Time Inc, which is one of the biggest, used to be one of the biggest magazine publishers in the world. And, but they had a reputation of downsizing people on a regular basis. So I thought I had a year there, at least, before I got downsized. Turned out I got downsized in four months. Oh, wow. So um, along with 110 other people, and I was probably the happiest one because I was like, all right, universe, I hear you. It's time for me to just take this and go to the next step. And also, I, I, you know, by then I was trusting my own intuition and listening to my body and when I went in for you know back into Manhattan for interviews my whole body just it just like was shutting down 
And when I was doing my Adventure Wednesdays, it was lighting up. So, um, and at the same time, the unemployment I was on offered me something that it's a special program they had that to help teach yourself how to become self-employed. Oh. And I was like, okay, universe, I'm listening. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go on the adventure of, of starting my own business. And it's been, it's been wonderful. And as I traveled around and, 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 you know, and as my children are now older, they're, they're both, you know, young adults. Mm -hmm. I really didn't need uh, a house in New York, which is very expensive. And at the same time, I've always loved travel, but I guess part of it was I, I've traveled a lot in Europe and Australia and a lot of places, but I haven't seen a whole lot of America. And I really wanted to see a lot of it before you know, the corporate greed ruins the whole country. Yeah. And when, so... <laughs> when did so, you travel to Europe and Australia? Was this around college? Oh, no, no. When I was much... Like, I, went, I did a semester abroad in college. Uh -huh. um, my um, dad lives in southern Spain, so I've gone to see him there. I honeymooned, you know, back when, you know, when I was married. Yeah. Um, in Australia. So, you know, it was much, it was really more before I had kids. Ah, okay. But I did a lot of that traveling. Um, and then I did have a sales job where I got to travel to California three, four times a year. I see. And I would always explore different areas in California. Um, but I was like, you know, I flew over the rest of it. Yep. I didn't really know what was down there. Yeah. And, and I think. When you think about the U.S., I'm, I'm uh, from Germany, so I've been in the States for about 32, 33 years now. And when I first came, my only reason why I came to the, took the job that I had to get to where I am was because I love traveling. Mm -hmm. And my, my time was only going to be three years. So I took my little car, my little Chevy Chevette, and I drove it all over the United States, Canada, parts of Mexico. So I am with you on that. There's a lot in between that we've never seen because we fly over it or we're just hitting the big, big ones, the big cities, the big towns or the big sites. So yeah. I love that sense of adventure. So when you were in New York, so you were in New York, you had found your adventure Wednesday. You were expressing yourself. You were going into a whole different mindset. How mm -hmm. old were your kids then? When I started Adventure Wednesdays, I guess they were in their early teens. Okay. Um, you know, and I had gone through a lot of my rock bottom was actually 2009, and I didn't really start Adventure Wednesdays till I think 2011. 2011, you said, yeah. Or no, no, that's not right. Anyway, I always, it's like I keep forgetting when exactly it's I started. around that time. It's around that time, you know, it, whatever. So, yeah, so my kids were, you know, preteen, teen years. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and they've participated in a bunch of adventures with me, too. So, they, you know, they, they, they have seen the, the fun part. And, you know, as I go along, they've been learning. And so when I come at them, you know, when they come to me with a problem and I start asking them 3 million different questions just to make them look at things differently, they understand what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, okay, okay, I got a different perspective. I don't have to look at it the same way, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so they were little. You were ready to leave New York City. Yeah. Um, well, part of it too is, I mean, it's like, you know, it's never just one thing that makes you want to up and leave. I mean, the fact that I had been downsized and I didn't have to go into Manhattan anymore. Um, and, you know, um, I had also, you know, 16 years ago came to Oregon for my niece's wedding. And then I had come again in 2013 and it just felt like home. Mm -hmm. I mean, the West Coast has always felt very comfortable to me. So I knew, I guess I've always known in the back of my head that I wanted to live out West. And then combined with the fact that I, you know, and then fast forward, technology now makes it possible to be a digital nomad. Yes. So when I was, part of when I was saying, I can make 
Adventure Wednesdays into a digital business. So I don't have to be in New York. I can do it from anywhere. So that became part of my goal. And then, of course, you know, um, after the two, you know, um, tiny houses have become a big industry. And they're like, you know, you, like so many other people, you start watching those on all the series of the Tiny House Nation and the, you know, there was even one about tree houses and this and that, you know, and we have I've friends. seen them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh, we could do that. And I was like, that's how I could be a, a, a nomad, you know, or do my, my business anywhere is if I take my house with me. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, getting ready to sell my house, you know, it took, a I mean, it wasn't a, a snap decision. We took about a year and a half or two years to, to, to downsize and to, you know, um, the kitchen needed to be fixed up, you know, things like that. So it wasn't a, a snap decision like, oh, that's it. I'm selling my house tomorrow and I'm going. Mm -hmm. It was a long decision. And I took my time to, as I call it, zen clean. But, um, you know, find the adventure and finding homes for all my beloved treasures. Um, and, and it's also a, a learning to let go process, yeah. you know and uh learning to be minimalist which you need to do if you're going to live tiny you can't have a lot of stuff and you start seeing all the stuff that's been up in the attic forever and going well i hardly ever use this why am i holding on to it mm -hmm. you know or here's a creative new use for something like i had a collection of coffee mugs and i gave it to a friend who's turning them into little um pots for her flowers Oh. you know so it's it, you know so it's like each thing had had a, a new life kind of you know and then the things that I sold um, through all the different you know classified on things and and I got to sort of see like snippets of people's lives you know like somebody who wanted my old TV with the VCR he wanted it because he was making movies with VCR that he didn't want shared on the internet and you're like oh that's interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, you know, there's, it's that kind of thing. It was just fascinating to, to, to do that. So yes. And then when I finally sold my house, I had some transition time. I spent time with my mom and then my partner and I, you know, packed up a, one of those pods, you know, the, a shipping container yeah. um, with our stuff. And, and while it was going across country, we took our time and drove cross country. So first we went to Michigan and stayed with his parents for a little while. And then, and we're also, like you said, I, we were in a small car. Yep. So we just sort of, we went and saw friends and I found this incredible app called roadside America. And it has all the goofy things in America, um, roadside attractions, like, you know, the oversized rubber stamp. So instead of going to, in, you know, instead of going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I went and saw the world's biggest rubber stamp. <laughs> ah, that's where you get the ideas. Because I was wondering, I mean, people see like big mushrooms somewhere just to make something up. Big mushrooms in Kansas City, and I'm like, <laughs> how does that happen? Roadside oh, yeah. America. <laughs> Roadside. It's yeah, it's my favorite app. Um, and you can get, there's a free version where you can get like one part of the country, but I think it was like $5 for the year for the entire country. And, and so our, our, it, it sort of became like our, our rolling joke is like, um, I, you know, one, once a day we would pull over and see one of these things. So it's so amazing because I, like I said, I see people, including you taking pictures of stuff and I'm like, I've never heard of that. That's bizarre. <laughs> and it's like these sites in that country or in, in a county or in a neighborhood and you're like whoa yeah yeah it and then it also it goes like you know my, my whole thing too is you know it, it's like not having to go across halfway the world you know backpacking in nepal you can fight and venture in your backyard yeah so i did that i started once as a tourist in my own in the town that where i had a house and then as i started traveling i'm like oh i'm in everybody else's backyard now what are they going to see? You know, so that's one of the, the, the mindsets is like, oh, let's go find the things that other people are going to see. Yeah. And, um, and it's fun. It, it just, it, see, it's, listen to me. It's fun. I find, I'm finding my fun. Um, like in Utah, they, I didn't really know that Utah is known for its dinosaurs. And we come up too. into a town and the, 
entry to the town is this gigantic pink dinosaur. And while we were there, there were a little a family with kids and they were looking for rocks, like the local school or something had painted rocks and then they hid them all over town. But it was one way to get everybody out exploring what was in their town. Nice. And I was like, that's a really cool idea. You know, it's like mm -hmm. they got to figure out, you know, teach kids how to explore their own backyard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was that's just your, really your idea of fun and fun adventures. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> now, let me ask you, let me backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. You mentioning your company Adventure Wednesdays a couple of times. What does Adventure Wednesdays do? Adventure Wednesday started as a blog and it still is. I mean, every Wednesday I publish, um, I like to just call them stories or inspirational stories. Um, it's about doing things differently. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, my mission is to help inspire people mostly, you know, I mean, I would like to, to, to backtrack. I would like to help me of, you know, 12 years ago, find a way to get unstuck. So I, I now make it my mission to want to inspire women who, were, who are like I was mm -hmm. to take that first step and have adventures of their own. And everybody's journey is their own. So my mission is for them to take that first step and then the next and then the next. And it's not following what I want to do. It's following what they want to do. And I want to inspire them by giving them, you know, a wide variety of ideas. So it could be belly dancing, or it could be hula hooping, or it could be hiking in a mountain to find mushrooms, you know, yeah. or running from, you know, silly landmark to silly landmark, <laughs> um, that fun. kind of thing. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I do. Um, I call myself an adventure mentor. Mm -hmm. So I do also, uh, you know, basically coaching. Um, I have courses and, you know, um, short courses and longer courses, um, where I do more, uh, like group, uh, mentoring as opposed to just one-on-one, -on -one. Uh, -huh. uh, because that's really, that's my underlying mission is I really want to help mostly women who feel stuck, uh, find adventurous ways to get unstuck and to flip their mindset. Um, from I can't to I can, from it's hard to it's fun, and just to keep trying things, whether it's done imperfectly or not, because everything's an adventure. Mm -hmm. And even when it's highly challenging times, like we're living in now, yep. how can you turn that from an obstacle to, to a challenge to be, to be overcome? Yeah. You know, it, as opposed to being a barrier, you know, you don't want it to make you stop and stay in the same spot. You're like, okay, I've come up to this big wall. How do I get around it, through it, under it, over it, you know, make myself a window instead of a door, that kind of thing. So how, how do you step out of a comfort or your comfort zone and give yourself permission to play? Well, my advice for others is usually, um, taking that first step and working with them to see what that first step can be. Mm -hmm. um, the way I do it is I just keep finding new things to learn about. Um, and I know, and, and, and I will do things that are purposely a little bit out of my comfort zone. Uh, like when I first moved here to Oregon, cause after my cross country strip, Trip. I did. I moved here to Oregon, and um, and we did buy an airstream that will be. I can tell you about in a minute. But um, I wanted to try and get myself out uh, in the community to meet people, and so I started finding um, different different things to do, mm -hmm. and so I did something um, which. Uh, I probably would never have even thought of 11 years ago, but um, it's, they have a thing at the local college, log rolling. Log, log, log rolling. Yeah. You know, the old, like we're in timber country here. Right. You know, the old image of, of men being on the river, you know, rolling with their feet, you know, trying to stay balanced on a log. Okay. 
they've turned that into a sport where they've created like an artificial tree or an artificial log that is in the college swimming pool. And the trick is to try and stand up on it. <laughs> Alrighty then. How did you fare on that one? Oh, I failed miserably. It, but I but I had so much fun because at first I was the only one in the pool trying, along with you know the two people who were in charge of it. And pretty soon, you know, and so I just kept laughing because you know it's like I'd sort of sit up and then I'd fall over, and I'd try and stand up and then I'd fall over, and then I'd try get you know I just kept falling over. Um, and so then these other you know college kids came by. And this one girl's like, no, I can't do it. I'm like, do it, honey. I did it four times and I didn't even ever stand up. So you just try it again. And she did. And she stood up and she was so excited. So funny. That's like me surfing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so that's how I put myself in the, in the discomfort zone. A lot of times you just, you know what your edges are. Yeah. And it's finding the thing that will help you push that. So. Um, Mine is going out and, you know, meeting strangers one-on-one -on -one and trying, you know, trying to make a real connection versus just a surface hello and I won't ever see you again. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the reasons for doing activities. Like I met my adventure partner, I, I thought I would meet people while I was having fun and it worked, you know. <laughs> I, I've now made a few friends um, doing what I like. Yeah. You talked about also about a play personality that people have. What is right. that? And how can you find out what your play personality is, Stacey? <laughs> um, well, I did write a, a, a post about what is your play personality. And I did discover it through a friend of mine. Um, but the play personality is actually based on research from a man, Stuart Brown. He wrote a book on it in 2009. So if you just search online, Stuart Brown play personality, it'll, you'll come up and learn more. And I actually, um, I have the book so that I could read the whole thing. And it just, it's just a fascinating way to look at your personality. I mean, having been in sales, I've taken plenty of, of personality tests um, that, you know, like I think I took one at my very first sales job at a yellow page Thing, and it says that I'm a visual thinker uh -huh. and it's like okay I get that um, but the play personality really you know because I did learn on my own years ago from you know the adventure Wednesdays what I find fun is learning new things and it turns out that the, that's a play personality called the explorer and I'm like that's very funny because my adventure Wednesday group I call the adventure Wednesdays explorer group it was just it's like you know, so I don't know what's that synergistic or, or coincidental or the universe saying yes. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, so there's diff eight different play personalities. And I really was attracted to it because it feels so parallel to how people would want to, you know, take themselves out on adventures to find fun is if you sort of know what your play personality is that will help you find your direction. Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it was also eye opening saying, you know, Oh, everybody should want to learn new things. That's how you, you expand your, your, you know, your consciousness really. Yeah. And grow is by learning new things. But then I realized not everybody is me and wants to ha has that play profile. Mm -hmm. So, um, so now I, I feel like it's even heightened more when I'm trying to help other people find their own path to fun um, is to realize that, you know, just because I think finding, you know, learning new things is fun, it's not. And one of my clients, it turns out, you know, she started with me with trying different things, but she ended up going into what turns out to be her underlying um, play personality of being an artist and creator. Ah. And she had forgotten that, you know, it was like her, her life as a computer expert, she had put all the creativity away and she's brought it back. And she says it's helped her anxiety so much. Like even during all these, you know, the stressful stay at home time, 
she's been drawing a pic like a new picture every single day and she says it saved her sanity oh interesting of course I, everything we're mentioning today on the show, we'll put links in the show notes, guys, so you can find the book, because I definitely want to check that book out. I definitely love to play an adventure, so I want to find out what my play personality is, too. <laughs> but for all the listeners, we put links for everything we're mentioning today in the show notes, so you can find out all these things that we're talking about, so you don't have to sit here and quickly rewind the podcast <laughs> and write it down. So it will be in the show notes. But... Stacey, let me ask you, so you got to Oregon. What happened next? We, um, the first thing we knew we had to do was buy a vehicle to pull whatever we were going to do. We, you know, it's like, it was a journey along the way of trying to decide what kind of tiny house we would live in. Mm -hmm. And, um, we knew, you know, we were attracted to this, what they call them, schoolies, you know, the converted school buses. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we had heard that there were such problems with people being able to park them and then getting insurance coverage. Um, and I like the idea of tiny houses, but um, it didn't feel like you could travel that easily in a tiny house. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, that was one of the downsides of, of a tiny house is that they can get heavy and they can be wobbly. They can be this, they can be that. Um, but I also heard it was expensive to move them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and that was before I knew a lot more about tiny houses than I do now. Um, we ended up buying an Airstream, a vintage Airstream. It's a 1975 um, Overlander is what they call it. Does it look and like a silver bullet? It looks like a silver bullet. Yes. It's one of those shiny tin homes, you know, or aluminum. Um, and this one's not shiny yet. <laughs> and, and like a lot, you know, so it's, it's, you know, 50 years old or whatever. And, uh, it needs a lot of work. So, you know, there was, uh, we met, we met a man, um, who rehabs airstreams for a living. And when we told him we had just bought this, he goes, oh, you're, you're going to find two things. Every Airstream has two things, rodents and leaks. <laughs> so he's right. As far as, you know, everything we've seen, everybody, everybody has leaks and then they have some kind of, you know, you open up the insulation and you're like, oh my God. Uh, so we found quite a few chipmunk nest, nests, I think, in ours, whereas other people have found like, you know, dead bones and whatnot. So yeah um so we we did we we've gutted the airstream completely and we're going to redesign it because it's going to become our our future future movable home so we'll be living in 180 square feet which is a lot different than the 1800 square feet i had um so everything has to be efficient so it's again it's a learning adventure yeah. Uh, my partner's play personality is he's more the artist creative, but the, on the maker side, he's the kind of guy that has to take something apart just to see how it works and then put it back together. Ah. So he's a great partner. You know, it's great that way. Like he's taking all the part and I'm like having fun learning how to scrape the tint off the windows, you know, the, all the learning I'm learning the 3d software to plan it out. And I'm learning, you know, uh, the design and what do we want to do to make it unique to us and um, and I'm also learning like where you know an important thing with the tiny house is where are we going to park it when we finally live there airstreams will have an easier time parking in any RV park because they're so revered I mean they're everybody thinks they're so awesome um, whereas school buses people are like not so sure you know um, so, you know, so there's a whole lot of things that I've been learning with the, the, that, and I look forward to being able to, you know, take it on the road, um, you know, across America and being able to do adventure Wednesdays, um, wherever I can find Wi-Fi <laughs> yep. and, uh, you know, and then also along the way, you know, it's always, there's always more to do and more to learn and, and see other people's backyards. And that's what excites me most yeah. is being able to help people, 
you know, find their sense of adventure because they see me living it. Yeah. And so how uh, close to being done is the camper? Um, right now, nowhere. <laughs> it always, it's going to always take longer than you think. We're hoping to be able to, uh, right now there's no, there's no floor. You see the raw trailer underneath. There's no insulation. Um, the shell of it is, is, has been lifted like six inches off the base. Um, so there's, there's still quite a bit of work to do. The pictures that I saw on Instagram, I'm like, Oh, it's coming along. <laughs> well, it is, it is. But it, it's like, I, I like to say is that you have to deconstruct to reconstruct. Yeah. And, um, um, so we're still in the deconstruct part, but it won't, it'll start moving a lot faster. Like we have to replace the belly pan. And so we have all the sheet metal for that. We finally got the riveting tools. And yes, I went and bought a red kerchief so I could, you know, do a Rosie the Riveter pose. <laughs> um, and, and it's been fun meeting people that are in the Airstream world. They're all so friendly and helpful and, you know, adventure is a big word um, when it comes to people who are out there RVing. Yeah, yeah. We're hoping that given the circumstances this year with Corona and not flying, that we're actually maybe potentially renting an RV ourselves. So I've been proposing this to my husband because I have traveled all over the U.S. in, in Mexico and Canada, and he has it. Mm. And I was, I was like, this will be so cool. We're going to get an RV and, and we're driving around and we're going to check stuff out. And uh, so he's warming up to the idea. He's more the kind of person who really likes his comfort. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, well, no, there are a lot of really good RVs to do that with. And, and, and well, it's, it's also a budget question, right? <laughs> and we do well, have a budget. <laughs> well, you can, you can make RVs comfortable, you know, and, and I can give you a lot of tips um, afterwards, having traveled a few times in just a regular, you know, rented RV. And actually, my parents recently um, rented an RV because they had to go get um, my sister's daughter from Indiana and bring her back to Massachusetts because my sister is you know, on the front lines as a nurse and um, had to go back to work full time. So they went and got their, you know, my niece, the granddaughter, nine years old, but they drove an RV so that they wouldn't have to stop and be in public anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, and so I gave them a couple of tips to make the trip more comfortable because they are a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and it was, they're like, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, I have useful tips. I will definitely take you up on that. But back to your story. You say how adventures built upon adventures. Mm -hmm. And you said what started as walking a new, walking away, getting a new home, growing up, uh, in, uh, grew into becoming a registered artist at Burning Man. So tell our <laughs> listeners, number one, what is Burning Man and how the heck did you become a registered artist? <laughs> um, Burning Man does not, is, is an annual event uh, that is held in, um, at the end of the summer in the middle of the desert in Nevada. Uh, they like to call it an experiment in temporary community and because some you know people call it a festival and it's not really a festival because it's not curated by a, a single core group um, all the events are curated by the attendees so you know and when you go there it's camping it's camping in the desert for a week so it's very really harsh conditions uh, you could you know the back of the ticket does say you could die there Mm -hmm. And there is um, no money exchanged uh, except at the center camp if you want to buy like coffee or lemonade uh, or ice. Um, other than that, you have to bring all your supplies in. And it gives people a, such a great opportunity to experiment with, with art and being creative in their own way. So there's a lot of tremendously huge art installations. And small art installations and people just dressing how they want to express themselves, how they want to experiment expressing themselves, you know, all sorts of different things. 
or not, you know, I mean, and there's even some people who wear nothing to experiment in expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. So it, it really opened my eyes to um, a much bigger cross section of humanity than I said, seen even in New York city. So um, let me see. Uh, I had, I have attended Burning Man six years now, and this would have been my seventh year um, had it gone on. But because of the whole COVID thing, they, they canceled this year. Yeah. Um, but a few years ago, you know, but I, when I first went, I joined a large camp. You know, the, there's about 200 people that camp in this one group, and they're all very artistic. And um, this, so the first year we just went with them. The second year we helped them build part of the camp, which is, you know, they have an artistic frontage, they call it. Um, and then, you know, it just sort of grew. And then, and um, so my fourth year, I, I helped build, um, it was like a, a wooden bench that looked like a taxi cab. Mm -hmm. And that was just on, on, put on the camp's front. It was like additional seating. And then the next year I registered to become an artist and I, I built it into an, an art installation and made it six taxi cabs um, of these, you know, these wooden benches. So they're, you know, six feet tall by eight feet long and probably I think also about eight feet wide. And I had to light them up individually so they could be seen throughout the entire night and not get run over by these art, uh, Art mobiles, I guess, you know, these, these converted um, um, art cars, basically, you know, or art mobile, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, they're amazing. If you, if you uh, search Burning Man um, art cars, you'll see amazing art. It's, they're, they're crazy. They look like fish or they look like dragons or they look like uh, just crazy stuff. Um, inspiring crazy stuff. So you didn't, I didn't want my stationary piece of art to get run over. So you have to light it up at night. And so that was a learning curve to get it, to learn about LED lighting and how to keep it lit and, you know, all that kind of thing and, and without using electricity. Um, and so I got to do that. That's how I became a registered artist. Was I, it was like, again, adventure building upon adventure. I started off slowly like getting used to the atmosphere and then saying oh my god i can actually do this and getting the support and doing it and um and getting recognition from the you know burning man for having built it on you know and being placed out where the the whole community can see it as opposed to having to come to my camp oh, so it was, just, okay. it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and so my art um i actually took uh, two of the the because I had made six six heart car uh, six I call them adventure mobiles you know um, but there are six taxis and I took two of them with me one of them is still up in Massachusetts and one of them is here in Oregon um, the one that was in Massachusetts I actually took to another festival down in Washington D.C. so my art has now also been on the National Mall in Washington D.C. Oh, interesting. What festival did you show? Um, it was called Catharsis. Catharsis. Um, it, is a, it was a Burning Man related yeah. um, event. Um, so that's, but it was just, you know, it was fun to be invited down and to, you know, be with friends down there and to be, you know, to have my piece of art within eye distance of the, the um, White House. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> It was like, whoa, look at this. Uh, and then I brought one out to Oregon because I was hoping that I would be able to get involved with like festivals here because I've, you know, um, family tells me that the Oregon State Fair, not the Oregon, I think it's Oregon Country Fair versus the State Fair. I don't know. One of them is really crazy and filled with a lot of art. And so it was like, oh, well, maybe I can apply to do that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it won't be this year because that was canceled. Yeah. Now, how did you get all the materials for your taxis to the site at Burning Man? Um, it's, um, there's a whole shipping process. Uh -huh. the, um, 
because Burning Man attracts people from all over the world. And having been in New York, there's a large community of, of um, people in the New York area and actually Boston and DC and Florida and, and you know, down that. Um, and so they all co sort of get together, like all the New Yorkers get together and rent um, shipping containers. And I so, so one group manages the shipping containers and then all the individual people sort of buy their space within that. And so we, you know, um, since I was the first year, my first cab went out as um, part of the camp, you know, and then the other times is that I just bought the space in the container and had it shipped out there. And then we picked it up and, brought, you know, it was shipped in, in the burn, you know, or, you know, in, in our own trucks, you know, that kind of thing. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the end, when Burning Man is over, you have to take everything out again. And Leave no everything, trace. Everything you brought back with you, right? Yep. Yep. You have to make sure everything cleaned up. No, no sawdust, no, no spare nails or anything can be left behind. It's leave no trace. And so that was also part of the daily upkeep of, of, you know, taking care of my art. It's not just making sure that people haven't trashed it in the middle of the night when they were walking over, you know, drunk. Um, it was also making sure that I cleaned up any spare cigarette butts or, you know, if pieces of sawdust fell down or if I dropped a, a screw and, you know, I had to make sure I picked it up and either replaced it or, or, uh, you know, didn't want to leave the garbage laying around. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, it was also making sure, you know, that was one of the things about my art pieces. It's not, it's, even though it's big when it's set up, it folds flat. I like see. all the pieces come apart and they lay on top of each other. Like, you know, just pieces of lumber. Do you have a picture of your caps on uh, Instagram? Uh, yes, I definitely have have one there i go look um, for that one for sure i want to see what that looks like <laughs> um and i know that i i created an entire album on my i think adventure wednesday's facebook page i think there should be an album there okay. I'll, i'll send you the link to that because there's you know there's a lot of pictures and there's also people sent me pictures that they took of it oh, and okay. it, was, it was just wonderful hearing like the stories like one woman who was saying you know she was so you know she was feeling so sad and so you know, I don't know, she was just having a really rough time. And she just sort of snuggled in the cab one night and she just felt so much better because it was like a piece of home for her. And oh, then wow. another time I saw this couple um, salsa dancing in front of it, you know, like somebody stopped with their music and they were playing salsa and they were, you know, people salsa dancing around my cabs. <laughs> it was just, you know, and, and then there was this, um, a, a, a ranger and it turned out her name was also Stacy and she lived nearby in the town that's right next to in the desert where um, Burning Man is held and she would bring her three-year-old son and he said he had to go play on that every single morning oh interesting so it was just so you know that was just so much fun and one of the other parts of the adventure to this too is that um, oh a real estate company in Philadelphia had seen my art and and had reached out to me as an artist asking me if I would build an installation for their upcoming container project. Like, you know, they were going to build a little, like little shopping mall of con shipping containers and yeah. they wanted to have like my cabs as seating. Oh. Uh, and, they, and before I actually, you know, I gave them, you know, I went the whole process of giving an estimate and a proposal, but then they decided they went in a different direction. Yeah. So I was But, almost a paid artist. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. You know, we're aiming for that as the next step. We want to make money. We're like, we can't just keep spending money on things and then like, okay, well, I need to eat too. <laughs> yeah. Now this is an incredible journey from basically, I mean, it's from Wall Street. Do you think from, from Manhattan going to Oregon, going to Burning Man, and really creating fun adventures one step at a time. Mm -hmm. How can someone create this kind of adventure? Not exactly what you did, but where would they start? Um, I always try to challenge people to just start small. You know, don't like, like, you know, don't get overwhelmed with thinking that like, Oh, Burning Man is, it is a Burning Man is a huge, huge investment of time and money to go it to me worth it and um but 
I don't think I could have done that, you know, if you had said 10 years ago, oh, let's go to, to Burning Man. I would have been like, you're crazy. It's more find that first thing that helps you look at something differently. Like even if you're going to the same restaurant and ordering the same food, instead of ordering the same food, try a different dish and see how it comes out. And then from there, try something different. It could be, like I said, look at, at your town as if you were a tourist and go explore. And if it's even a really small town, make something up, you know, pretend that the house on the corner is a former castle and what's the story? Like get your imagination rolling and your creativity rolling again. A lot of trying, you know, so that's how I go about getting people started mm -hmm. um, is trying to, to start small and trying things differently. And then they can start pushing their edges of comfort. Um, for example, like one woman had a hard time just walking on the beach because she felt like she was going to get in everybody's way. So I challenged her to take her camera and pretend she's a photojournalist. And she did that and found out that she could, you know, walk anywhere she wanted on the beach. And she felt like she was a photojournalist. So she was sort of allowed to be an observer mm -hmm. and that she would be accepted as an observer as opposed to being an interference. It was a, a switch. And so it got to a point where she didn't need to have her camera. She, you know, it, it helped build up her confidence to doing what she really wanted to do, which is to walk freely on the beach and not feel like she's in other people's way. Yeah. What are some things that you want my listeners to learn from this interview? Um, I want listeners to um, be able to know that they have it within themselves to become more adventurous, to um, move themselves out of feeling stuck uh, um, or however you want to phrase what you're feeling, numb, stuck. Um, they have it within themselves to move out of it. Um, and it doesn't have to be a huge instant change. Mm -hmm. You know, that it can start small and that whatever path they take is perfect because it's their path. Perfect. It doesn't have to please other people because it's how you do things. Yeah. yeah. And that's really what I, I want them to, to be able to do. That's my ultimate mission. Yeah. Um, so like the reason I created my ebook, um, Finding Fun, the playbook to move from woe is me to wow is me, in 10 liberating steps, I write my basic, it's all my 10 principles. Like I, I took what it was that helped me along the way and what I keep going back to that um, they could take, they can dive in at any point. It's not like you have to do one and then another. They can just take any one of them and just start there. And it's like taking a look inward and then moving it outward. Nice. And they can move themselves. I mean, I, you know, as an adventure mentor, I'm not going to say, all right, I'm going to get you from point A to point B. I will get you point A, taking that first step to whatever your point B is. And I will be your cheerleader and I will help you find ideas. I will, you know, help you think of alternate ways until you can do it yourself. Nice. Nice. I have some quick fire questions. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. What is one of your best habits? One of my best habits? Mm -hmm. Best habits is, how do I say, say, thinking differently. What is one of your strengths? That I'm adventurous. Wow, there you go. What inspires <laughs> you to do what you do? I want to be that tide that helps rise all, all boats. I want to lift everybody to a higher place so that when you come out of your fears, all those ugly things like, you know, reacting in a hateful manner go away and you can be, you know, happier with yourself so you can be happier with other people. So I want to inspire other people um, 
I want to help so many other people find a happier way to live. That's a good mission. And what does it mean for you to stay healthy? Well, being healthy means that I can go out and do more things. It means I can, um, I have the ability to do hula hooping for as long as I want. I can go for hikes. I can lift the heavy things so that I can build art or I can build my airstream or um, try different types of foods or, you know, to keep being able to try new things. That's what being healthy for me is. And final question, where can my audience find out more about you and get your free ebook? The first place I would send you is to my website, which is www.adventurewednesdays.com. Um, and that's Wednesdays with a plural because it's not just one day. <laughs> um, and that's where all my blogs are. That's where my contact me page is. And then, of course, you can also find me on, on Facebook and Instagram. Under the same handle, Adventure Wednesdays? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Stacy, thank you so much for being here, being a guest on the show, and sharing all your adventures and your awesome advice to, for women to take action and create their own adventures. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful to chat with you. My pleasure. Take care. So are you ready to start your own little adventures? I sure am. I love the ideas that Stacy shared with us. And as we're heading into the second phase of the coronavirus shutdown, do more of those little adventures and share your little adventures with us on social media. You can reach Stacy at Adventure Wednesdays. And as always, you can find me all over social media at Heike Yates. But please reach out to me on Instagram at Heike Yates or Heike Yates, pursue your spark on Facebook and let us know how you love this episode and what adventures you started around your neighborhood and where you live. So with that, my friends, I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao!